Hi, you're listening to Chris T on... Wait, you're listening to me at the moment, but... Mr T... Not the Mr T, but Chris T will be along. I'm Ricky Gervais. What I mean is, the programme that this is part of is is Chris... You you get the idea. He's he's quite a sort of like a uh, a wisecracker. I I love those guys. I you know they 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 laugh in the face of adversity, but they they always end up at square one. I love that. Except no substitutes. Let him have it, Chris. 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 Let the button. You're listening to Aerial View Worldwide on the Internet. Auspicious beginning. Sure, it's a talk show. You know, people phone in and make a beef. Oh, what about? Whatever happens to bug you, that's what you talk about. Sometimes he agrees with the caller, other times he sets them straight. Oh, we got breaking news. I gotta go right to the breaking news. It's Aerial View on the Hound to NYC.com, where you can uh, hear new Hound Howl programs every Sunday, 3 p.m., followed by Crashing the Party. At 5 p.m. with Mark and Miriam, the doo-wop chop shop of the year. But right now, let's go to the Congress. Play the radio. Make sure the television... And uh, breaking news about witnesses. And we're going to go right now to the floor of the Congress. Very exciting. Let's see, uh, let's see what's being said there. If we can get the Congress in here. And I think we can. 
Let's see. Shut up! Is that who was that? Shut up! You shut up! Oh, shut up yourself! Shut up! 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 You know, sometimes I feel like we're doing the end times waltz. That's what I feel like. The end times waltz. Like that one they did in uh, Eyes Wide Shut. It's funny how that's now become a reference for things that are just too surreal and and decadent all at the same time. Surreal and decadent. Because uh, as I was going on the air here, a couple of things uh, came across my phone. That's where we all get our news nowadays on our phones. You look up and your phone is telling you something. And you're like, you know what? Fuck you, phone. Stop telling me shit. Because, uh... As I was going on the air, my phone told me... That there was a vote... In the Senate. And initially, when it popped up from CNN... I I swear to you, I thought it said... The Senate votes to allow witnesses... At the impeachment trial of President Trump and I was like wait what and then I reread it and I had missed the word not and and I'm not saying this just to be cute on the air this this actually happened I swear to you I didn't see the word not and for a moment I thought wait a minute what what they're gonna allow witnesses what and then uh it turns out that's not the case I had missed the tiny little three-letter word not the senate votes to not allow witnesses at the impeachment trial of President Trump. So, put a fork in us, we're done. This is a new, we've crossed, people, we have crossed the Rubicon. I don't even know. I think the Rubicon is a river in Italy, isn't it? And it's a jeep. It's both. So, uh, we've crossed it. Whether it's the river in Italy or the jeep, or maybe it's both. It was crossed a few minutes ago when uh, the vote went 49 to 51. Can you picture that? So we didn't get Lamar Alexander, Lickspittle of Tennessee, and uh, I believe Lisa Murkowski, uh, Lickspittle of Alaska. Uh, And apparently Susan Collins of Maine and Mitt Romney. Joined with the Democrats. But, uh, oh, Too Shy. Wasn't that a song? Too Shy. Chris T. on Aerial View on thehoundnyc.com. The phone number here is 760-422-5528. My phone number is in Palm Springs. I'm wandering around Manhattan today. It's cold. It's gray. It's got that end-of-the-week feel. It's Friday, but... No one knows if the weather's going to be any good on Saturday and Sunday, so who knows if you're looking forward to it. You're just thinking, oh, man, i got to get out. i got to get away from this job for a little while. And me, I don't have those encumbrances anymore. I'm walking around uh, sporadically employed. And so the one worry I don't have is about how my job is going to give me cancer, you know, because of the stress. So I traded that stress in for a different stress, namely... How am I going to earn an income? But, you know, I I was looking at uh, my earnings for last year, and it was okay. It was like (laughs) like 1995 all over again is what it was. But somehow, we're hanging in. Like Errol Flynn, like Gunga Din, your choice. But we're hanging in over here in the Hawk, Sweet Tea and I. Uh, But, you know, I read something on on Facebook just now from my old pal Jim Ryan, and and I want to read it. Jim Ryan, who I, I first met in Hoboken in 1986, I'm sure. Um, we used to spend a lot of time together. We used to hang out all the time. And it was like one of those friendship things where you go through a certain period in your life and you're tight with somebody, you're really tight with them. You, 
Hell, we lived around a corner from each other. We were literally like a block away, and, and I would walk over to Jefferson Street, and he would walk over to Adams Street. And I haven't seen Jim for many, many years. Ran into him a few years ago at the Museum of Illustration over there in, uh, was it William Gaines's old townhouse? The publisher of Mad Magazine, among other things. They turned it into the Museum of Illustration. If memory serves, it's on 63rd Street. Great museum. They do all kinds of shows there and stuff. They have an outdoor... Maybe I shouldn't say this, but shh. They have a restaurant on the second floor that's open to the public and is like never... It's never crowded or anything, and it's a nice little spot. And out back, there's an area where you could sit outside. And it's it's kind of cool. So you should go when you get a chance, support them, but... I ran into him there some years ago. They did a show about uh, the the free New York newspapers that we all grew up with, the Village Voice and, uh, you know, New York, whatever the hell it was called. Trash, what was it called? I don't even know. So you know what I mean. The independent weeklies that would be distributed free and the artwork that would appear in them. And it was good to see him, but... A couple of years ago, or maybe it was even just a year ago, uh, Jim lit out for Minneapolis. Uh, New York had, I think, become untenable like it has for a lot of people. And there was a great article I was reading today, just today, uh, in a magazine that I will get you the name of. But um, the piece is called Open House, and it was all about New York and how... New York has completely transformed with the invasion of the Blands, as I like to call them, and uh, the people who come from God knows where, the Midwest, the Southwest, I don't know where they're coming from, it doesn't matter, but they're cutting insulated by real, real big bags of money. They got wealthy, wealthy parents, and uh, yeah, it's called nplusonemag.com, that's the letter N n plus one mag.com the piece is called open house by jeremiah moss and you know while i'm thinking about it while i'm sitting here i will put it on the aerial view facebook page if i haven't mentioned by the way aerial view is on the dreaded the cursed facebook i hate it so much i really do and there's a thing by george soros i just read in the new york times about why uh why Facebook is going to get Donald Trump re-elected and how they helped him get elected in 2016 and how they don't really take any responsibility and Mark Zuckerberg is a piece of shit and he's a piece of shit because he keeps uh, positing this this notion of Facebook as, as some kind of uh, platform, you know, uh, technology. And really what it is is a media company at this point and so uh, it should be, it should come under the same rules as a media organization, and it does not. And instead, they take, they make money from from ads that people put up, political ads, even if those political ads are are completely full of shit. They're they're still making coin because that's what uh, Zuckerberg and and Sheryl Sandberg want to do is make coin. They don't really care how they do it. They don't care about uh, what's happening to our democracy. It doesn't seem many people do care. I mean, I don't know. I, after this vote today, the one uh, in the Senate, 49-51, to not accept witnesses at the impeachment trial of Donald J. Trump, you kind of got to say, put a fork in it, it's done. And in just a little while, I am going to talk with uh, Ken Katkin, constitutional scholar. He was on the show a few weeks ago, and uh, we got to talking all about the impeachment trial. As a matter of fact, let me see if Ken is around. Trying him now. Let's let's give him a ring. Hello? See what happens. Hey, Ken Katkin of Trash Flow Radio. <laughs> yeah, hey Chris, how are you? Good. How are you? Good. I just uh, just hear you on my web stream saying I'm going to call talk to Ken Katkin soon at the exact same moment that my phone rang. Well, that was what we call real soon in the radio yeah. business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, real soon, like right yeah. now. Now, uh, Ken, I. I, I let me uh, give you your bona fides, if you don't mind. Sure. Uh, Ken Katkin is a constitutional scholar. No kidding. An actual, I can call him professor if I wanted to, but we're let's not stand on ceremony. 
it is an egalitarian society. The America I love is, Ken. I think that may be over. Maybe we should stop thinking of it as an egalitarian society. That phase has ended. We don't have to stop thinking of it that way. We can think of it however we want to think of it. Really? You don't think we've entered the oligarchical phase and we've exited the egalitarian era? Era. I think there's, I think there's work to do. You, know, you I think, think there's so? Work to do. Yeah, I, I think it can be brought back. You, uh, you still have faith that some kind of, oh, I don't know, popular movement could put an end to this madness, this episode of the Twilight Zone we're living in, this upside down that we've all been going through, this dark passage, Ken Kacken, that we've been experiencing. Since 2016. I have, to, I, have to, I have to have faith in that, but yeah, I, I do. I'm glad you do, although they did have a big rally in Wildwood, New Jersey this week. Uh, the president showed up. People stood outside for days in the cold. Um, they left behind uh, like 36 tons of trash or some goddamn thing. That, that You could find the videos on YouTube. Just type in Wildwood Trump rally trash, and you will see <laughs> the miles of uh, trash they left in this parking lot in Wildwood outside of the convention center. But he got up and he did his greatest hits. And I don't know, you know, uh, Bill Maher says that we shouldn't hate these people, like, you know, the people that are into him. Uh, Let's hate him. That's okay. Let's hate what he's doing. But let's not hate the people that voted for him. Uh, But I see these crowds and I I don't know, can I get full of rage? And I want to just, I'm like, oh, I hate you so much, people. But... How do yeah. you how do you feel when you see that? What, what's your reaction? Is it a slow shake of the head? Is it, you know, what generally? I, I, I go around in circles on that, Chris. I, I uh, um, yeah, I, I, you know, I work, I work in Kentucky. I teach in Kentucky. I, I see a lot of that, you know, and uh, and yet, you know, I'm, I'm out there, you know, because I'm thinking, you know, I can educate people, and uh, um, you know, I, I think people are people are always. There might always be that moment where uh, people can, you know, be open to a little bit of enlightenment, and uh, it's the numbers are pretty close. You know, I mean, the numbers in this country of how people think are pretty close, and some of those people could change their views, and it doesn't take a lot of them to change their views before that before that group kind of loses its power. I'm glad to hear you say that because all the polls showed that the majority of Americans wanted witnesses at this trial. The polls showed that the majority of Americans uh, wanted Donald Trump removed from office. Um, so, I mean, I, maybe I shouldn't be saying that after what you just said. Doesn't that fly in the face? I mean, here's what I'm worried about, Ken Katkin, is that the Republicans have proven themselves to be you know, far more masterful at pulling the levers of power, and they know how to stay in power. They're entrenched because of gerrymandering, and uh, because of packing the federal uh, judgeships and the Supreme Court, and uh, because they use fear on people, on people that are already afraid to cow them, and essentially they're really good at lying with a straight face, and they're constantly projecting and accusing the quote-unquote other side of the behavior in which they are engaged. In other words, they have figured it out. Now, so so what do we need to do? Do we need to uh, change the numbers in the Senate, is that what this is about? Do we need to just make sure they're not the prevailing party? Yeah, well, I mean, there's short-term answers and long-term answers to that, right? I mean, I think all the things that you have just talked about are true, and, and in fact, it means that the Republicans could probably hang on to power if they've got 49% or 48% of the public on their side. The Democrats are going to need to get 52 or 53% of the public on their side because of the, because of the um, you know, sort of unfair... Uh, of the levers of power that you talked about, but it's uh, it's not impossible. I mean, why wouldn't more than fifty three percent of the country be fed up with Trump? You know, why why wouldn't they be? And uh, I, so I think that is possible. I also think the Senate, um, the way it's 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 a built in gerrymander, right? Every state gets two senators. A senator from uh, um, uh, Wyoming represents more than three hundred times as many people as a senator from California represents and uh it's terrible um but there there's ways there's ways to change that too there's a lot of uh states that have signed on to this multi-state agreement um where once enough states sign on there's there's states that are um, signing an agreement that says all of those states will award their electoral votes to the um national popular vote winner rather than to the winner of their own state and if enough states sign on to that then that will that will eliminate the electoral college well how many is enough and and do you know where we're at? I hate to put you on the spot. Yeah, uh, uh, I don't know exactly where we're at right now, but I think we're up in the neighborhood of forty percent of the electoral votes. So it's uh, okay. you know right. it's, it's and and really every large state should have an interest in that. 
right? Every, every state that's larger than the median could amplify their own state's power by signing on to this. Okay. Well, okay. So there you go. One reason to be hopeful, Ken. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Reasons to be cheerful. I, I just, I can't, it's really hard to find them anymore because when you see what happened today, not only with what our um, craven lickspittle Congress did, uh, but Brexit is happening as yeah. we speak. You know, Brexit is pretty much final at this point, and now Britain faces, quote-unquote, an uncertain future. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this was a real red-letter day in the, in the Kremlin. I mean, this was uh, Putin scored victories on every continent today. But uh, Oh, you think he's breaking out the good vodka? Wait a minute, that's all he has is good vodka. What am I talking about? It's not yeah, like well, Brexit. Today is kind of the phony Brexit, right? I mean, today is the form, formal Brexit, but um, the crash out gets delayed until December thirty first. So no, 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 nothing really happens today except that uh, Britain um, leaves. It, it stops being represented in the European Parliament. But but all of the rules, all of the Brexit rules, all the free movement of labor rules, free 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 movement of people rules, those those don't change today. So um, so maybe you know maybe something can still happen between now and December thirty first. Wow, what? Like what? What could possibly well, happen? I don't know. A tsunami? <laughs> what could possibly no, happen? No, I mean, I mean, when, 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 you know, Boris Johnson still has the British people fooled into thinking that he's going to be able to negotiate some kind of good Brexit deal with the EU that's going to, um, that, that's going to make them not, you know, go into a sudden economic spiral um, from a crash out. But that, you know, I don't think he can negotiate a deal like that. So. Oh, you think once the economy begins to really show signs of cratering, then who knows? It could be a different or, or, story. Or even before that, because remember, no, none of the Brexit rules actually change until December 31st. But if it's already going to be early December and there's going to be, um, you know, there's no deal yet. You remember before when there was that threat of a crash out at the end of the year, they kept delaying it and delaying it and delaying it. And they really have continued delaying it. And, it, you know, maybe they'll just keep delaying it until Johnson's not the uh, prime minister anymore. And then, uh, and then Britain will rejoin the the, the, the European Union. It's not impossible. <laughs> this just sounds like a kid who ran away from home for a little while, <laughs> came yeah. back, all was forgiven. Yeah. Here you go. Uh, yeah. I, wow. Well, what, so then, what do we do in this country to see to it that uh, our democracy? Because I do, you know, I, I don't want to be alarmist, and I and I always, um, I, I'm always conscious whenever I speak about Donald Trump to not. You know, I always picture some MAGA hat wearing uh, person yeah. down in Wildwood calling, you know, telling me I have Trump derangement syndrome. So I don't want to be like deranged about it. Right. But I think another four years would be really bad for this country. Yeah, I no, just, it's, I it's, just it's, think it's, another four years. It uh, would be terrible. You know, we would be really. Uh, I don't know what kind of shape we would be in at the end of it. I just think it would be terrible. And well, it's critical. It's critical to the future of democracy in this country that Trump be defeated in November. But but it's certainly not an impossible task to defeat him in November. I mean, he Hillary Clinton got three million more votes than him in 2016, and he only won because of 70,000 votes across three upper Midwest states. You know, in, in, and in all of those states, you then had Republican governors in control who probably were engaging in a lot of voter suppression and shenanigans. And and Pennsylvania and Michigan now are in Democratic hands in terms of state government. They're yeah, not going to be voter true. suppressing and engaging in shenanigans. And Wisconsin, so, where's Wisconsin? Yeah, and Wisconsin too. Okay. Wisconsin's a little bit. The gap was a little bit wider. I think Trump won by a little bit more in Wisconsin than he did in Pennsylvania okay. or Michigan. But. Uh, but he, you know, I think all of those states are easily in play. In Florida, you know, although the Republicans have been slowballing it, Florida passed the uh, felon uh, reenfranchisement bill, and so you know, an enormous number of African Americans and Hispanics in Florida had been disqualified from voting, and they're 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 this time around, some of them will be able to vote. Um, so yeah. I think. Yeah. I think there's and that was another close state. I I think there's a lot of indicators that Trump is weak. His approval rating has never been above forty five percent. You're right. I do I I do get scared about a couple of things, and I'll tell you what they are. Because Ken Katkin, constitutional scholar, is on with us. By the way, he teaches. <laughs> what do you you teach constitutional law at the university? I do and at Northern Kentucky University. Northern yeah. Northern Kentucky University. Uh, and so uh, a couple of things frighten me, and that is you know one of them is the electoral college because as you point out, I think it was seventy seven thousand votes across Michigan and Wisconsin and Pennsylvania that made Donald Trump the president. It was this weird thing that happened. And and I still feel like it's it's very plausible when you say to me that that might have been engineered by Vladimir Putin 
using yeah. the tools that Mark Zuckerberg gave him. And, and with the complicity of the governors of those states. Yeah, and, and, and I feel like that could certainly happen again. And, and I feel like the other thing that could happen again is the kind of voter suppression that you spoke about. And, yeah. uh, you know, people having to wait hours upon hours upon hours to vote or, you know, the voting being done between 8 a.m. and 9 a.m. on a... <laughs> On a Tuesday, you know what? Whatever, whatever these folks come up with, or your name doesn't match the name in the records by one letter because someone typed "buttle" instead of "tuttle." You know, so just something. For some reason, they figure out a way to game the system yet again. Because now I just see the G in the GOP as standing for gaming. They're they're gaming the system constantly. So, you know, I that's that's what worries me is that even if whoever it is. Uh, you, you know, and by the way, I am a, on board with no matter who vote blue. I do feel like sometimes when I talk to people I know who are in the tank completely for one candidate or another, and they say things like, "If that's not the nominee, I don't even know if I'm going to go vote." I want to I grab them by la, the lapels. Hopefully, they have lapels, Ken Katkin, or maybe yes. <laughs> suspenders or something, so that I could grab them and shake them and go, "Are you insane?" This is nuts. Even the Green Party's not running a candidate in 2020. Do you understand that we need, no matter who, we need to vote blue? Do you understand? I want to shake them, Ken Katkin. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that. Yeah. I do think all I do think all of the candidates understand that more than last time. You know, I, I, I think all of the Democratic uh, candidates, who only one of them is going to be the nominee, but I think they all are really going to help in getting that message out there. I would hope so, because I, I know that uh, there's been a little bit of back and forth between Elizabeth Hillary Warren Clinton. and, yeah. and, uh, and Bernie Sanders, Sanders. Yeah. and, and uh, you know, as you point, just pointed out, Hillary Clinton said some things about Bernie Sanders. They're coming, they're gunning for Bernie Sanders now. You know yeah. why they're, they're gunning for him now? I have I a take theory. I it it's because he's, he's, he's the front runner in Iowa right now, right? Well, that's true. He is the front runner in Iowa, and, and the New Hampshire looks like a lock for him as well. But I, I think it's happening now because they've been, they've been sort of ignoring him for a long time. Like nobody's really been confronting, uh, yeah. let's say, his electability issues, whatever they might be. No one's really been pointing it out. They've been taking it easy on Bernie Sanders. Maybe they were sorry for him after the heart attack or that he's 78. I, th- I do think he's 78, isn't he 78? Yeah, something like that. I, I think also the other candidates, as long as they don't believe he's actually going to be the nominee, they have a great interest in not attacking him because they need his voters. Well, that's true. But, you know, I think if I was on the team right now, the Sanders team, I would say to them, we've got to dress him up like Yoda. Let's do some Yoda makeup and put Yoda ears on him. Everybody loves Yoda. They love baby Yoda way more than old Yoda, but they still love Yoda. So maybe if we're saying, like, he's not 78, he's wise. I mean, you don't get to be 78 without gathering a lot, a lot of wisdom. And I feel like the next president should be really, really wise. And if that happens to be an old guy uh, that looks like Yoda from, you know, New England, that's okay by me. I'm I'm fine with that. But also, I would be fine with Joe Biden at this point. I would be fine with anybody who wasn't a raging narcissist who constantly breaks norms and and just tramples everything in sight and makes and enriches his family and tries to get foreign governments to interfere in our elections so basically i'm with you that means anyone who's uh, a democrat other than tulsi gabbard you know would be fine i think tulsi may fall into that category of people that you just named that you know wouldn't be fine in terms of people who solicit foreign assistance and all that but uh but did you ever think absolutely fine by me ken katkin did you ever think while you were growing up and you maybe you were a fan of uh you know schoolhouse rock and you thought i got to see what this bill of rights is about or i I, I, you learned about the constitution and you thought i got to go to washington dc and see a copy of it or what for whatever reason you fell in love with the whole idea of law uh, did you ever think you'd see this day <laughs> when a president could clearly, plainly try to do exactly what uh, the founding fathers said we need impeachment for and get away with it? I mean, that last time you and I talked, we went over like why yeah. impeachment ended up in the Constitution, because uh, was it Alexander Hamilton who was saying we need a mechanism to remove this person if they abuse their power? Right. And so, yeah, of course. We have yeah. to figure out a way, and let's go back to English law 
And, uh, of course, you couldn't remove a, a king, but you could remove the people under the king if they were corrupt and they abused their power, right? So you could impeach right. them. And let's do that. And they decided to do that. And now it's shown, well, what has it shown? That it has no real value? or Well, I don't know. I mean, it did have, it worked in the Nixon, you know, when you and I were kids, we got to watch Nixon, uh, who got far enough into an impeachment that he resigned because he thought he would be removed. So... In, in our lifetime, it's been effective. I, I think the the Clinton impeachment really um, gave impeachment a bad name, I think, because it was about such trivia. Um, and now, you know, Trump, with his propaganda, has been able to kind of convince a lot of his, his cult-like followers that it actually doesn't matter what crime he committed. But, you know, he, he seems to have a, a sway over his voters that is unusual. I don't, I can't remember... You know, I, not only did, you know, Obama never would have been able to have like well, that kind of a he cult, but even T.W. Well, Bush wouldn't have been yeah, able to Yeah, but they didn't have their own TV channels. I mean, they didn't have Fox News that was going into everybody's home every night and propagandizing for the destruction of America as we know it in the form of Donald Trickster Trump. I mean, that's the difference really to me is, is that, you know, the fact that that sewer of misinformation is open 24 hours a day for anybody to yeah. take a dive into it and fill themselves up with absolute bullshit. And I'm constantly getting into it on Facebook, for instance. Facebook.com slash call aerial view is the Facebook page for this program with uh, truck drivers who, who are still friendly with me from my old job. And they tend to, not all of them, but a lot of them watch a lot of Fox News and absorb a lot of right-wing news and so they believe all that stuff. And whenever I encounter somebody, it's like seeing a unicorn. You know, for me, it's like yeah. whenever I encounter someone that actually believes that stuff, I, I, I'm, I'm always fascinated. And, and as I'm fascinated by Alan Dershowitz, the return of Alan Dershowitz. So did you, um, did, are you a fan, Alan Dershowitz, no. coming you know, back into funny. the kitchen? I'm not a fan. I haven't been a fan of his for decades. But um, when, I was, when I was younger, I was a fan of his. I used to buy all his books, like when I was a teenager and when I was in my young 20s. You know, I, I I was a fan of his, but he he seems to have me to just you know he's got so consumed with egoism in the past twenty years, and I think the only thing that makes him tick is he wants to if someone is a, a, a celebrity and is obviously guilty, then he that's all he's looking for. He wants to defend people like that so that he could be seen as like the lawyer that manages to get people off who are obviously guilty, and and the most people see that. Like, I think that's the only thing that makes Alan Dershowitz tick anymore. Uh, that and, well, it was hanging out with Jeffrey Epstein, but he can't do that anymore, unfortunately. Right, right. Uh, yeah, Jeffrey Epstein right. is uh, dead. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm fascinated by him, too, because I think he's one of the few lawyers, by the way, still alive, living lawyers who he's been portrayed on film several times. You know, there was yeah, yeah. the Klaus von Bülow uh, movie, right? And then... Something else that we're oh the O.J. Simpson TV series right he shows up fictionalized in that I forget yep. who plays Alan I don't really care who played Alan Dershowitz care. in either one of these but um and there he is basically the other day saying if a president let's say a president cheats but he does it in service of winning the next election because he thinks it would be the right thing for America well then it's not really it's not really a crime it's not really bad because he's trying to do the best thing for America. Did we all misinterpret what Alan Dershowitz said, or, or how did you hear it? That's what he said. I, yeah, I think he said that as long as the president thinks that keeping himself in office serves the public interest, then anything he does to keep himself in office would be something that he's doing to serve the public interest, and therefore he should not be impeached for that, which is it's appallingly absurd. And yet there are people who probably nodded in agreement. <laughs> That's, yeah. I mean, I know you could, you, you, like, it is appallingly absurd, but don't you think there are a lot of people going, sitting around going, yeah, well, that sounds about right to me. I could sign off on that, sure. Yeah, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that even though there are a lot of people like that, no, none of them would have believed it if he would have been saying that in defense of Obama. Well, right? that, that no, uh, Everybody yeah. who believes that is already just one of these Trump cultists who um, is willing to say anything that exonerates cult, uh, wow. Trump. It is really a cult, isn't it, though? I mean, that's the thing. It, you know, when you see those people lined up on that boardwalk in Wild, uh, Wildwood, and, yeah. you know, Wildwood, New Jersey, uh, Deke Dickerson, great guitarist, um, and, you know, right now I believe he's on the Outlaw Country Cruise, so uh, Bon Voyage Deke wrote a really great article about how you could sort of lay the claim that Wildwood, New Jersey gave birth 
to American rock and roll as we as we came to know it, right? In the early in the late fifties and the early sixties, I mean, Wildwood, New Jersey, uh, is is a great destination down there. Jersey Shore, it's about a hundred miles from my house, and um, the last time I was there, it was like a hundred and two degrees. <laughs> It was really, it was really hot. And I remember we were walking down the hot boardwalk and there was this big old convention center. And I was like, oh, Wildwood has a convention center. What do you know? Well, that's where these people went the other day to listen to the man who uh, was going to make their lives better and make America great again. And uh, they look more than happy to be there and and waiting forever out in the sun uh, and in the cold and to get in there and hear him essentially do his greatest hits. And the next time this guy has a rally, Ken Katkin, he's going to add to his greatest hits a new number. He finally has a new number, namely, I beat impeachment. They tried to impeach me, and they couldn't. So does that help him? Does that hurt him as far as you're concerned? Does it? Is it? Does it not matter because he isn't bringing anybody new over to him He's just working with the same group of people. Yeah, I, I think the latter. I don't. I don't think there's a single person in the country who was persuaded by this Senate proceeding that Trump is innocent, right? So I think he started with a lot of people who were never open to the idea that he was guilty, and he kept most of those. But I don't think there's anyone that's going to be brought over who was previously, you know, anyone who previously thought he was guilty or even anyone who previously just was undecided. I don't think the, the, that the proceedings that we've seen brought anyone over to Trump's side. And actually, I think if there's any political impact of this, it's going to be more on a, a half a dozen Senate races than on the presidential race. You know, there, there are a half a dozen senators who this cover-up is not going to be a good look for them in their own elections. Oh, man, I would like to think so. I would like to think so. Uh, Lamar Alexander, Republican of Tennessee, had this to say about why he cast a uh, vote against having witnesses. He said, quote, this would pour gasoline on cultural fires, unquote. How do you parse that, Ken Cagney? Well, I mean, yes, I looked at his Of Trash Flow Radio, Trash Flow Radio. (laughs) I looked at Lamar Alexander's whole statement. He actually starts by saying... Factually, the Democrats have completely proved the case that Trump is factually guilty of everything that he's accused of. That's actually the beginning of Lamar Alexander's statement. And, and so he says, therefore, there's no need to have more witnesses because there's already more than enough proof that he's guilty. And then he kind of moves on to saying, so what would, what, what would be accomplished by having more witnesses? Well, people would just you know, get more entrenched in what they already think, and uh, um, the people who know he's guilty would still know he's guilty. The people who are never going to believe he's guilty would never believe he's guilty. And then there's not going to be enough votes to remove him at the end. So uh, I guess Alexander's point was dragging this out would only get people angrier on both sides. And I, that's how I kind of deconstruct that statement. Oh, well, okay. Well, then that's a good reason not to do it, to subvert democracy. Yeah, sure. Okay, yeah, so yeah, so yeah. essentially yeah. you're saying, yeah, we know he did it. Yeah. Mm, he shouldn't have done it, but impeachment right. is not the remedy. We're just going to tell him, that was really bad, man. Don't do that again. And then we're going to yeah, move fact, on. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that's In fact, I think, I think Alexander, in a way, his statement was even a little more damning to his colleagues because I, I think what he was saying is, I know Trump did it, you know Trump did it, but we all know that um, there won't be uh, um, 67 votes to remove him, and so it's going to end in an acquittal no matter what, and so we might as well just get the hell out of here. And so I think part of it, it's not purely that he's saying he doesn't care what Trump did, I think he's partly saying you know, that his colleagues don't care what Trump did. And, and, and it doesn't matter anything yeah. they do because this is what uh, you would call a fait accompli. This is a done yeah. deal. It's in the, it's it's, in it's, it's the bag. Rigged, it's, a, yeah, it's a rigged cover-up, and we might as well just stop it, I think is what Lamar Alexander Well, said. what else were some interesting moments for you? Because an interesting moment for me was Rand Paul trying to get uh, Chief Justice John Roberts to reveal the name of the whistleblower from the floor of the yes, Senate. which Roberts refused to read that question. I thought that was interesting because Roberts didn't refuse to read um, uh, Elizabeth Warren's question, which directly insulted Roberts, but yet she, he did refuse to read uh, Rand Paul's question, uh, which tried to bring out the name of the uh, whistleblower. Um, yeah, well, it's illegal to name a whistleblower, so I guess uh, uh, Roberts wasn't going to uh, participate in something that well, have you heard, violation. Well, have law. you heard how the Republicans have parsed that whole idea, that it's illegal to out a whistleblower? Have you heard their oh. rationale? Because they really yeah, are. Yeah. 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 
Their rationale but, is that it's only wrong to do if it affects a person's employment. Like you can't out somebody to where they lose their job. That's that, that's how they that's how they parse that one. They they someone someone on that side came up with the idea of like, well, no, the whistleblower law is really about getting you know people getting fired because they revealed something, and so you know even if we mention the name of the whistleblower, it's because we th- and by the way. That's not yeah. the. That's the least of it. the 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 best right. part is, they have spun yet another conspiracy theory, and I only know this Ken Katkin because I finally got my shoes shined today, on Ninth Avenue by Thirty Fourth Street in Manhattan. I had a few minutes, and I finally got my shoes shined. And on the seat next to me, on the shoe shine seat next to me, was the New York Post, a rag I never read. And I picked it up and I started reading it because there was no goddamn daily news. There was just two New York Posts, and I felt cheated, Ken Katkin, because I was like, you know, everybody knows the shoeshine stand is supposed to have one Daily News and one New York Post. What the hell is this two New York Post thing? This is ridiculous. So, yeah. I, you know, I didn't want to sit there looking at my phone yet again. I said, let me pick up a newspaper and read a newspaper. And they still, I think, somewhere on the masthead have a picture of Alexander Hamilton because apparently he's involved in everything, including founding the New York Post. And right. Believe me, the one the New York Post he founded, it's now owned by Rupert Murdoch. It's part of his media empire. So as I'm reading this article about Rand Paul, they mention the name of the whistleblower. There's his name. And I'm like, okay, you know, I hadn't seen that. First time seeing it. How do I feel? It's it's right there in black and white. And they also attach this conspiracy theory in the new in the news article. They have to, I guess because it's news, I'm not sure why, but they, whosoever conspiracy theory it is about this guy and some other guy, uh, one in the CIA and one in the National Security Council, cooking up this plot to that would lead to Donald Trump's impeachment. So that's how they're spinning the whistleblower thing now. The whistleblower thing, uh, and, you know, I, I don't know if I'm telling anybody stuff they don't already, already know, but I feel like what I need to do is recap the end of democracy as we know it, Ken Katkin. So um, I'm not really recapping a lot of TV shows these days. I don't know if I ever did, but I will recap uh, this very interesting time that we're living through, not only with uh, the complete capitulation of uh, the Senate, and and I mean the GOP, minus two two senators, uh, Lisa Murkowski of Alaska and Mitt Romney of whatever the hell state he's from. It's got to be one of those Mormon states. Is it? Is it uh, Utah? (laughs) Of course, okay. I think I think Mormon is the only Utah is the only one of uh, the actual Mormon states. But uh, uh, yeah, I think they've leaked yeah. over the border into Colorado. I mean, I you know they're always yeah. trying to you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, the, well, you're, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, that sounds like hell on earth having to sit in hell's kitchen finding nothing but the New York Post and, and hearing about conspiracy theories about the whistleblower. But, uh, of course, I, I have to just point out, since you have me here as a legal expert, that the whistleblower law mainly protects people who already have civil service protections. So losing their job is the least of their worries. It's, it's, it's protecting them against uh, uh, retaliation by, uh, uh, you know, that could be violent or worse. And, uh, it is a crime to out a, a whistleblower. Well, that's um, the thing. It's like one of the nut jobs, uh, probably one of the ones that went down the, to the Wildwood Rally. You never know when they're going to think, i got to get rid of this guy. He's the reason they tried to impeach Donald J. Trump. So now I'm going to take him out. You're going to go right. and buy a bunch of guns and I'll find this guy. I'll find him. I'll find him. And mainly he thinks that way because Donald Trump essentially is goading these people in that direction. He's... As he's calling the whistle. Well, look, this is old news that what he put the whistleblower through. The new news, now that I have uh, Ken Kack, constitutional scholar, host of Trash Flow Radio, on with us. Uh, you know, that's let's talk about the new news. How's that? Someone's trying to call in, Ken. I don't know what happens if I pick them up. Uh, I think I would disconnect you, so I'm going to cancel their call. How's that? Oh, I just, okay. I just engage in cancel culture. I can't believe it. <laughs> We could have tried conference culture. Could I, we, could, is it possibly conference I, call? You know, I, I'll look into that. I didn't want to do it on the air and then end up yeah. with, you know, no know Ken anymore. <laughs> Ken is, cool. what happened to Ken? He was there a moment ago. I don't know. Because <laughs> we haven't wrapped up our conversation because I still want to ask right. you about what happens next. Now that this impeachment thing has failed, can they 
I mean, not that they would, but could you impeach a president twice or attempt to impeach a president twice? Because I oh, keep absolutely. hearing maybe, yeah. like the Big Lebowski, new information comes to light, and then what do you do? Yeah, impeachment is not a criminal proceeding, and so the double jeopardy clause of the Constitution doesn't apply. That only applies to criminal proceedings. So there's no impediment to impeaching him twice, and certainly he's done a lot of other things besides the Ukraine. I mean, really, the, the Mueller report, despite the way Barr spun it, um, it actually made a, a case for impeachment on several counts related to the Russia interference. Um, and, and many of those people, including uh, Roger Stone most recently, have been convicted of crimes related to that course of conduct. So I think there's ample space to impeach him based on the, the, the uh, collusion with Russia during the election, which is addressed in the Mueller report. And he could be impeached, I think, for uh, caging all the kids at the border. Um, I think he could be impeached for murdering the uh, um, general in uh, Iran. There's plenty of things to impeach him for. And so they're not going to try again, though. They're not going to try again. Yeah, that it's would be too close, too close to the election now. I yeah. think they could try it again after the election if he gets reelected, but I hope that it won't come to that. Oh, my God. I hope so, too. Well... Let's hope. You and I, let's hope together. Ken Kacken uh, with me here for a few more minutes on Aerial View on thehoundnyc.com. And uh, talk a little bit about Trash Flow Radio. I'd like you to plug yourself if it's not too painful. And sure. Please. Well, it's, it's really the extension of the show. You know, as, as you know, I used to be in New Jersey. I used to be first on WPRB and then on WFMU. But the same kind of show I did out there, you know, music show with all kinds of music, uh, I just I brought it out here and... Uh, so Saturday afternoons from 3 till 5. Uh, sadly, I'm up against Todd Abramson, who's one of my very favorite WFMU DJs, and he's on WFMU the same time of the week. But, uh, um, but 3 till 5 on WAIF, Wave FM, uh, in uh, uh, Cincinnati, and it does uh, stream through the web. And I play all kinds of music. And actually, one thing I've been doing, which is very influenced by you, Chris, is uh, just the way you always start your show, like with a lot of like sound clips and things like that, I've been... I've been been trying to do that like during the show i've been trying to pull sound clips from the news of the week and uh mix them in you know here and there judiciously oh i like that pranks. i like that the whole world got phone calls and things like that i like that i'm an influence i'm an influencer oh my god so i've been i yeah i've been picking wow. that up I, I think we're losing you i don't know where you went ken but i lost you you know what I'm going to say goodbye to Ken Kacken. I, maybe he'll call back in. And uh, we did. We got a call uh, a few moments ago. Uh, let me see if I can figure out who it was from. How do I figure out who it was from? Here we go. Wow. That was, he just, he just like disappeared. No more Ken. Gone. Boom. Just like that. He walked into the wrong room. Something tells me. The number here is uh, 760-422-5528, 760-I-CALL-AV. And uh, the show is on for another, oh, I don't know, 12 minutes. Who's on the phone there? Hello, welcome to the air. Yeah, I can't barely hear you. Who is this? Hey, Chris, how you doing? Uh, hey, good, how are you? Who is this? Uh, Bob's Media Ecology. It's been a long time. Oh, my God. Bob's Media Ecology. I remember when you used to call me. Uh, you know, back Bob Dobbs. At, yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah. Yeah, you used to make me insane. The Canadian Bob oh, Dobbs. Oh, my God. It used to make me insane. It used to drive me crazy. Church and Subgenius. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I can't. I can't, man. I'm, I'm really sorry. I, you know, I was afraid it was him. Uh, someone reached out to me on uh, Facebook Messenger and said, hey, is this you, and are you on tonight? And I, I said, yeah, and it turns out it was that that one. Now, I, you know, I could have just hung up on the actual founder of the Church of the Subgenius, and if I did, I'm sorry, but I think... Oh, wait a minute, is he calling back in? Hey, is that you? I just hung up on the yeah, I, you got to turn that down. Turn down the internet. Just turn it down. It's just like when I used to okay. say, turn down the radio. It's yeah. me again, Chris. Let's talk for a second. I'm in Hawaii. Been here since 2008. Wow. How did you figure out to get to Hawaii? Wow. Pretty good deal, man. Uh, 
And I became a millionaire with our products. Uh, I'm going to send you some information. Uh, it would help you, help everybody. And we're bringing in a new energy device. We are revolutionizing everything. And I'll tell you about the Trump phenomenon. That's led by what's called the tech body. I'll send you information on that. Tech body's going to put Trump in regardless of who votes for him or not. That's what's happening. It's extreme development from Arthur Coker and Marshall McLuhan, the stuff I used to talk about with you back in the 90s. I've got a whole bunch of – I have my own radio show, 12-hour show every oh, Saturday night. What are you kidding me? 12-hour radio show? That's insane. Really? Yeah, the guy, the oh guy takes the God. weekend off. He what? takes the weekend off, and he lets me have it. I could go 30 hours. Wait a minute. Let me, ask me you, whole weekend. let me ask you a question. Are you, the, like, the J.R. Bob Dobbs? Because back in the day, yes. I never could tell. So you're the guy who created the Church of Subgenius? Yes. Okay. I inspired it. You, you, you go to, I'll send you the picture of my father that they used uh, that's exactly like their picture. Now, Stang and those guys did all the creative stuff, but I was the sponsor behind it, and I'm still the sponsor. And you made enough money to move to Hawaii because your area code yeah. is 808. I'm not going to say that's the right. rest. Which is like Bob. 808 looks like B-O-B. It does. That's true. Yeah, and it makes me yeah. think of the Roland 808, but that's a different story. Oh, man, I'm that. in Wailea, the most beautiful part. People, Executives who lived all over the world, they say this is the best place in the whole world, and it is. And what's, your, what's, your, what's your house like? Describe your home. Beautiful. I'm over. I'm on. I'm on the tallest mountain in the well, second tallest mountain in the world because it's a thirty thousand uh, feet thing, and at the top is telescopes and military stuff, and they have a sign up there saying this is five hundred feet taller than Mount Everest. So twenty thousand feet below sea and ten thousand feet above, but they add it up as thirty thousand. And I go to the beach every day. I've been doing this since two thousand and eight. Every yeah, day, boy, I'm actually enjoying this conversation this time. It used to be it used to drive me crazy, but Hawaii did something to you and for you. And here's my question, yeah, come on, uh, out Jay. Visit. Yeah, I would come on, listen. Visit. Uh, if you're telling me that I could uh, free accommodations, I'll pay the airfare if you're going to put me up. Because otherwise, forget I it. I do have. I have two houses, two oh my million dollar houses. You're kidding me! Uh, and, uh, are you I just completely? Are you just? Are you sitting in an apartment in Cleveland and you're making all this up? <laughs> I mean, this no, could no, no. Okay, it could be a Google Voice number. I'm just saying. I could, uh, I could put you. I don't know how you do it. We could Skype sometime during the show, and I'll give you my view. I'll show you. Oh my God! This is like things are really starting to pay off for me here now. Just start, just taking yeah. this call. See, it's like one of those calls that could change your life. Next thing you know, Sweet T and I are living in Hawaii, sponging <laughs> off of Jr. I love That's it. Right. Now you're not no, worried about clearly. you're not worried about climate change. Living in such a tropical paradise as Hawaii. No, nothing. No. Nothing happens. It's always a beautiful day. Every day. Maybe every six weeks there's a little rain, but that clears up in a in an hour. And you haven't experienced any of those tornadoes or hurricanes or whatever the hell comes through there? Hurricanes. No, I'm protected. We had, right. we had two of them coming at us two summers ago, and uh, I got off the island. I took it personally, and because I got off the island, the hurricanes went away. Listen, I feel like you have figured it out, and I stand in admiration and I've changed my Thank opinion you. of you. I'm just like Alan Dershowitz, changing his opinion of what constitutes a high crime and misdemeanor. <laughs> I have changed my opinion. What the hell do you do for 12 hours on the radio? You're not talking the whole time, are you? No, I, I have uh, a voice from non-physical. Now, this is going to blow your mind. I have a voice from non-physical, which is the funniest voice in the world. And I've recorded 22,000 hours with them, this voice. They called Ion. Mm. I'll send you the website. We are altering the world. Donald Trump is on our products. If you're, and if you're on our products, you can't lose. He's this on your products? What does that mean? Yes. I, I'm not sure what that means. What do you mean? He's uh, on your products. He takes our minerals, which are very tiny, and they get into the cells. Uh, if you have uh, magnesium problems, you can't get uh, magnesium effect from regular products, so you get our tiny pico-sized magnesium, and it fixes 1,000 enzyme systems in the body. I'll send you my uh, bride's book, The Magnesium Miracle. She's famous for it. We're, we're global. Purdue University is confirming our products. This, Purdue in Indiana. I don't know what to believe anymore. This sounds just uh, it, like implausible beyond implausible. You made a fortune <laughs> selling magnesium supplements and you live on Hawaii now? Yes. This is insane. Uh, and well, we uh, we mock we mock we mock the Church of Subgenius and regularly. This guy is so funny the way he talks about Reverend Stang. You know, Stang's not in too good health now. We're telling him to take our products, but he's stubborn. He won't do what I say, so he may no longer be with us. Soon. Hey, do you know Martine Rothblatt by any chance? I would love to know if you know Martine Rothblatt. That'd be that'd be amazing. 
the no, founder I, who of is that? Uh, the founder of satellite radio started life as Martin Rothblatt and uh, is uh, now a woman named Martine. And she uh, w- w- she was involved in the Human Genome Project. She's on the board of yeah. United Therapeutics. She's uh, the top earning CEO, and not just male, you know, male or female CEO. She's the top earning CEO in the biopharmaceutical industry as of last year. And uh-huh. I believe and she, she lives on Hawaii. Us, Chris. I think she she's going to know about us because right. my wife's products are so incredible. The uh, we are going to save the lousy drug companies. Their what stupid you know? drugs work better on our products. Oh my goodness! What do you know? We, well, listen, no, we are a miracle. All right. I said I, crazy things to you back in the nineties. It all came true. By I the way, saying. Martine Rothblatt is in pursuit of the singularity. Wants to upload her lover's uh, thoughts and memories to uh, to the cloud, essentially, so that uh, she may live forever. She is in rapid pursuit. And if anyone could figure out the singularity, it's going to be Martine Rothblatt. I'm just no, saying. No, no, I have the singularity. You do? I will call Ion ET Contact. They they are giving us gifts, technological gifts. All these products come from uh, Ion. Without Ion, we can't do it. And what she's looking for is us. So I will get in touch with her, and she'll probably believe me. This is all. This is this is really blowing my mind. My, consider my mind blown. I wish I. <laughs> well, I used right. to do that. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm gonna say thank you for the call, and I appreciate you. And listen, send me some information uh, via Facebook information. Messenger about which house my wife and I are gonna get to stay in when we come to Hawaii. <laughs> Can't wait. You will. Yes. Hey, listen. Thanks for the call. I'm almost out of road. This is. Uh, Aerial View on thehoundmyc.com, and every Sunday, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, there are brand new Hound Howl programs. Tune in Thank to you, hear... Wait, wait a minute, he's still there. I okay. And I, by the way, I think that may be Ken calling back. Let me, uh... uh I'm going to end this call. I'm going to pick up this call. Hey, welcome to the air. Is that Ken? This is Phil in Portland. they got two million dollar homes here. I want you to come stay with me. Oh, okay. Well, if you uh, you have two homes, then my wife and I will stay in the one that you uh, like the least. How's that? Let's work that out. I made it. We were selling. I made it. My million selling snake oil. That guy was great. Uh, you know, I think actually he's for real. And and and. No, no. I believe. Yeah. You. Okay. I'm, I'm just saying. I think he's. He might actually be for real. But who? Who the hell knows? I. I, I believe it. I. I think. I, I mean, did he used to have a show on WFMU? I recognize his voice. Uh. Yeah. He may have. I don't know. I know that he used to call Aerial View back in the day, and it would make me insane. Just saying. And I think actually maybe that's Ken calling in. Hang on. No, it's not. It's Jr. Again. Jr. What's the matter? I'm just saying uh, I like that caller. It's, I'm true. I'm real. I'll prove it with what I send you. All right. No, Good. Thank you. I appreciate the call. Bye-bye. All right. You're welcome. Bye. Wow. That was quite the hound howl uh, right there. Uh, you know, yeah, I, I had the hound howling, but then I forgot about the crashing of the party. So crashing the party follows at 5 p.m. on Sundays, the doo chop shop of the air, Mark and Miriam. You got those doo-wops on vinyl. That's what you got to do when you call and speak to them. I'll return again on Tuesday. Replay of this program, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. And then a new aerial view on uh, next Friday, 6 p.m. And uh, Keith Hartel may join me yet again. Who knows? We'll see. And uh, Vintage Hound programs here. Aerial view. And then new Hound programs. And Crash in the Party as well. It's all here on the Hound NYC Dot com. You can find me at facebook.com slash call aerial view and you can leave a message anytime at 760-422-5528-760 I call AV. This is Robert Plant and you've been led astray by Chris T Radio at its finest. Yeah.
Thank you.